Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, g'day, Was here. Uh, just letting you know quickly if you didn't read the description of this episode that uh, this one's a bit of a different one today. Coxie and I were interviewed recently on somebody else's podcast and uh, we thought we'd share our interview with you, our listeners. So um, we've uh, we've popped this one up here. We got interviewed by Anthea from Bright Spenders. Uh, she's something of a, a budgeting coach and uh, helps people manage their cash flow and stuff better. Uh, she hangs out in the group as well in uh, Traders in Business on Facebook and helps people out through there. But uh, have a listen to this. Um, it's a different insight into how Traders in Business got started. And also we talk about, very importantly, how to diversify your income in your trade business. So some really good tips in there if you're uh, wondering how you might uh, get through the next downturn in the economy, whenever that might be, who knows. Uh, so strap yourself in, have a listen to this one, and uh, we'll see you in the group on Facebook, Traders in Business. So why don't you tell us, a li- I mean, I know that intro kind of talked a little bit about perhaps why traders in business but I want to hear from you like why did you create this podcast and this whole kind of empire that you've designed around this this um help for tradies yeah I always go first um thanks Anthea both Warwick and I have got a lot of experience I suppose with um I guess there's a couple of things that built tradies in business so there was obviously trade business fails we see them every day we're talking about businesses here with the business owners are too tired, too stressed, too overwhelmed, they've got too much going on to actually get themselves to a point where they can pull themselves out of the business and do the stuff they need to do to run the business effectively. But then we also see that effect on mental health. We both have a great deal of personal experience on how that affects business owners' mental health and that's our real driver behind what we're doing. We really want to help them improve the mechanics behind their business so that they have that space to have a good healthy mental health. We see far too many tradies or tradie business owners or business owners in general really that are in a terrible position in their lives where they're so stressed and overwhelmed that they just don't have I guess the the space in their lives for the relationships that they should be having for their family for even friendships and time to go out and play golf or hang out on the weekends and just relax and a lot of what we're teaching trade business owners will allow them that time within their week in their day even, to have that space so that they're not trying to cope with the mental pressure as well as the pressure of running a business. So that's how we came to be. It was over a cup of coffee. Cup of, cup of coffee at <laughs> a roadhouse. Yeah. A truck stop, roadhouse, uh, <laughs> halfway between where we both live because we're about uh, 90 minutes uh, apart. So, yeah, we, uh, we got together over a cuppa, reconnected because we've worked together a bit over the years and uh, pretty much got to the end of that and said, Hey, um, we should work together because <laughs> uh, we're sort of both coming at trades from uh, our own angle and, yeah, so thought we'd combine forces. So Awesome. And so, yeah, so you recognise this shared passion and thought just makes sense to come together. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I'm going to just like launch straight into the topic today because I, I don't want to faff around. Um, not that, you know, finding out about you guys is faffing around at all. I love chatting with you guys, but let's just really hit it hard, hit this topic hard. So, you know, we, there's a lot of talk about us living in the gig economy, right? And people have different ideas about what that means. I'm interested to know what you think that means and why you think it matters to have a handle on that for us as business owners? Well, I thought I knew what it meant, so I Googled it to make sure. Uh, and I guess, you know, there's the whole gig economy. It's sort of these bite-sized chunks of, of work being done. And the way I see that is, is both an opportunity and a, and a challenge or a potential risk for what are largely with trade business owners, traditional businesses, you know, they're, they're bricks and mortar type businesses. They, they have to come to my house to fix my toilet or to install my, my pool or put in a new driveway or whatever it is. You know, it's, they're not digital businesses, although they do exist in the digital realm. And I think the risk there for trade business owners, for any small business owner really, is that consumers have been trained in that gig economy headspace, you know, in that transactional nature of, of buying something. Um, you know, we've got online shopping where I can go and compare seven different pairs of mountain bike shoes before I pick the one that I want. And then I'll go and find the cheapest price and the lowest shipping and the fastest delivery. And it's just all about a transaction. There's no relationship there. Mm. So I think that's a big risk for trade business owners being small to medium enterprises is that, they get swept up in that whole transactional nature of the business and that generally drives prices down, uh, which is a big risk to families, you know, it creates more financial stress if we're not making a margin and it affects our cash flow. But I think the opportunity there is being in that bricks and mortar business. It's almost like there's this embedded opportunity to develop relationships with customers that isn't there for a shoe business selling online. Mm. You know, it's really hard for an online shopping business to actually build a relationship with me as a customer. But for a tradesperson, where generally I'm going to phone up or maybe email, there's going to be a quote process. There has to be sort of that human to human contact. I think that's a huge opportunity to really build relationships with customers and give people more than what they're seeing elsewhere with gigs, you know, whether that's getting your, your um, uh, letterhead created by someone in the Philippines or whatever it is. So, I, I sort of think there's that double-edged sword nature to it, but uh, I'm going to defer to Cox because she's probably got a better answer than that. <laughs> no, that's yeah, great. that was great. That was great. I love that. But Cox, I, um, what do you reckon? I also did a bit of Googling today <laughs> and I actually think that it's a huge opportunity to be educating our clients around what they can expect from our service mm. because it's so different than, you know, when we're talking about a gig economy, it's just a, a pay for do. It's just come in, do whatever it is and move on. Whereas what we're talking about in so many small businesses is actually an opportunity to educate our clients and build a relationship, much like what you're saying, so that we have the know, like and trust factor so that we have an ongoing relationship that can encourage loyalty which is the big thing when we're talking specifically about trade businesses is that loyalty so that we have the repeat customers so yep i certainly think there's a real risk there with the way currently we're being educated as consumers around this you know i'll just get an uber because it's cheaper it's quicker it's the same car it gets me where i want to be versus a cab but we can actually educate our hmm. business consumers around what it is that the value 
of what we're doing is bringing to them as the consumer. So, yeah, I think it's a risk, but I think that if we play it smart now and we start educating and building upon that education, become the experts in our field, which we all are, then we're really negating a lot of that risk. And it sounds like, I mean, it, it sounds like it's so much about relationship building, you know, isn't it? And what's really interesting to me is that, you know, we live in this so-called gig economy. It's a very atomized, you know, where we're looking for the cheapest kind of consumable out there. But on the other side, we're craving, craving relationships with people, um, you know, we're just on our, we're on social media, we're disconnected from people and we're actually really craving that connection. So that's a huge opportunity for business owners to create that connection. And if you think about the amount of money that you might spend as a business owner on advertising your business and getting the word out, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's all about retaining customers so that you can actually get the value of all that the money and the hard work and effort that you've spent on, on getting that customer in the first place, yeah? Absolutely. Agree. Yeah. So let's have a talk about, particularly about diversifying income and why, why do you think it's important to do this? So this is really, I think, for small business owners, but it's really for anyone you know and even wage earners this is important for you know because well why do you think it's important i had a really different view on this to was so i was probably thinking really tradie specific and if yeah. you think about a typical tradie in business their body is their biggest tool but their bodies are going to break there's just no way to stop them from breaking down over time now again that might be mentally because the overwhelm is too too much or it might be that physically we start to break down like my husband whose shoulders are no good and suddenly can't work so we need to be looking at ways in which we can diversify our business so that we aren't relying on the one income stream in case something goes wrong like i have an accident on the way to work or um, somebody calls in sick and suddenly that job can't be performed we need to have a broad or as broad as we can, at least a couple of streams of income that we can rely on within our business so that if worst case scenario comes in whatever form that might be, and for me I was thinking physically, you're thinking a bit broader than I was, but that we have a diversified stream of income to draw from. Mm, perfect. Yeah, I, and I, I'd probably look at it in terms of, you know, my old financial planner hat uh, that I used to wear for years, which which is, you know, you go see a financial advisor, they'll talk about spreading your investment risk and not putting all your eggs in one basket. And I suppose when we, we're sort of narrow in our business and if all I do is, you know, paint new houses for builders, if that market gets affected, which you mentioned the big R word earlier in recession, then one of the early things that we see is building approvals fall away and the building market softens um, or collapses. But, uh, you know, if all I've been doing is painting houses for builders, I'm going to be really badly impacted in that sort of market condition. So, but if I also have an aspect to my business that is resealing old roofs for existing homes, um, that's going to help sort of buffer me from that, those market fluctuations or risks um, or if one of my builder customers falls over and goes broke, you know, I've got this other aspect to my business. So for me, it's sort of like investment risk where you don't want to have everything in property or everything mm -hmm. in VHP shares. You want to sort of spread it across a few so you, you sort of take a few of the hits with the wins. 
Um, that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, and I've actually got a really good example of this with a client that we um, started working with probably about four or five months ago, and um, they run a, a, a fiber, fiberglass fabrication um, business for, they make, they make the, the molds for one of the big um, uh, motorhome companies, basically. Okay. Yep. And um, and they're their only client, and so instantly oh, wow. something happened where the where that company was taken over by another organisation, and all of a sudden, their you know their invoices were getting super super delayed. You know, you know where they were pay, had been paying really promptly. All of a sudden, the rug was pulled out under under them and they, they were in a real bind. And and so luckily it all came good and that, that client started paying again. They just were working through some internal sort of change issues. Um, but it was a huge wake-up call for them that they needed to really think about either having a number of different clients or, you know, creating products for themselves and actually on selling them to, you know, so, 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 um, yes, it, it can be a very serious problem if, if, you know, all of your money is tied up in, in one client or one particular investment model or, or something like that. Okay. Being, you know, yeah. the tradesperson is the only one who can currently make the most money for the business and mm -hmm. they bugger their back. It's like, mm -hmm. it's a sudden mm -hmm. catastrophic financial impact to the business. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know that income protection insurance usually doesn't cover anywhere near what it should um, in terms of your income. I don't know what the stats are, but I think it's something like 70% of Australians are underinsured. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a pretty scary figure. Massive problem. So um, can you give us some examples of some businesses perhaps that you've worked with or even, you know, that you've noticed out there in the marketplace that have diversified successfully and done this well yeah so one of the, the biggest examples i've seen is a brisbane local example and i'm not entirely sure now whether they're just still based in brisbane i think they've actually branched out quite a bit further but we start it's fallon fallon services i think they're now now called and it was one gentleman mr fallon he's quite elderly now and he started his business as an electrician and from there as he started to see the demand he brought in other services to his business. So he's gone from offering not just electrical services, but plumbing, painting, carpentry, air conditioning, gas fitting, the whole gamut, I guess, of sort of home maintenance services that you might mm. need. So he's gone from just being a sparky to suddenly he actually stepped out of the business and created a business with other service trades that could run out and actually perform the work so that he had all of the answers for the industry. So whenever somebody had a problem at home and they needed a quick answer, and I'm pretty sure now it's a 24-hour service as well, it's not just you've got to wait till the next business day, they have someone on call ready to come to you immediately. So you can imagine what a big structure change that would be in a business mm. to be able to step out of just being a one single tradie, growing that business to becoming a substantial business and then stepping right out and having all of these other types of businesses within your business that level of diversifying is quite yeah. enormous but it's a great example of how one small business with a sole trader can grow and become something quite terrific so in that situation nick that that's that's an example where the business owner is not literally doing all of those different things 
exactly what they've done is they've partnered with all sorts of other companies who do that really well and you know can guarantee their work and they're really just putting it all together in a they're packaging it aren't they yeah essentially absolutely yeah. i guess it's no different to a supermarket selling various brands or popping into bunnings and i need x y and z and they have a choice of different brands it's all in the one spot so and that's exactly what they're offering with fallon i mean it's all under the one label as fallon it's it's, mm. it's his brand it's his name but there are all these sub-services that they're able to offer from the one spot mm, very interesting what about you was so so we actually have a uh, uh one of our partners in tradies in business uh, that we're starting to do some more work with and, and we've got some big things coming over the next sort of six to 12 months with these guys. Privately owned company in Brisbane, um, started by one guy and uh, they have plumbing, they have electrical wholesale. So it's the BGW group. Um, so they've got Samios Plumbing Stores nationally, CNW Electrical, Sheriff Electrical. They've got solar divisions. They've got, I've lost count of how many different divisions within this one business mm. across multiple industries different product supply types different niche markets um, they've even branched out overseas now mm. so into southeast asia and it's it's all started with one guy mm. Um, mm. and started in the trades and it's sort of spread from there but you know they are also very buffered i guess i mean there's a lot of building industry spin to it but some of their brands are into renewable renewable energy, um, which is obviously a huge market now. Mm. So, you know, they're sort of, they've got these aspects to their business that are really future-proofing them, but um, I guess, you know, helping with that um, multi-service model kind of thing, I guess. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. So, I mean, imagine people listening to this, maybe they're running a small business and they're thinking, oh, my God, that sounds really overwhelming to have to, you know, create a, pa a, a package or, or something like that. You know, how would they even start to do that? They've got all these questions. What, I mean, I guess my answer would be don't try and do it on your own. Like try and find a business coach or, you know, check out Traders in Business to actually get support to do something like that because there are plenty of business coaches out there who've really worked at and helped other businesses restructure and, and create a new model for doing business. Mm. So you don't have to do it on your own. We're, we're, we're so lucky that we have people that you can connect with and, 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 and so you don't have to reinvent the wheel basically. But what would you say, what's like one action step that people could take today to start diversifying their income? I think we agree on this one. Mm. Um, we did chat about this before uh, we spoke with you and we, well, I think we agreed. We'll see if we agree. <laughs> is uh, I think a big one is looking for that recurring income stream. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, if we're talking trade businesses, that's who we coach, that's who we consult to. Um, a lot of them tend to be on that sort of, installation new work i'll come and i'll put in a new garden for you as the landscape architect landscape gardener whatever it is and once it's installed then you know we high five i give you the the gift basket you give me a testimonial and that's great see you later but there's this opportunity that i think goes begging for a lot of trade businesses in the the maintenance 
Uh, and, you know, it might be that you introduce a landscape maintenance aspect to your landscape installation business. Or same with the pool companies, you know. There's a lot of trade businesses that do this well mm. um, and there's a lot that haven't really tapped into that opportunity. Even builders, you know, set up a subscription to come back and adjust your doors and windows once a year. Mm. And I just pay you a, an annual subscription to do that. Plus, you know, up here in, on the Darling Downs where I live, everyone has adjustable uh, collars on their stumps because the horrible black soil up here moves and houses move. So, you know, come back three times a year and adjust my stumps for me mm. and charge me a fee for that because mm. then I don't have to worry about it. So I think there's those ongoing sort of maintenance or subscription type things mm. that are not only a great way to create a recurring income stream, but also keep you in contact with those customers that ordinarily you would do a job for once and probably never see again inside of a five-year time frame. Mm. But now you're talking to them on a regular basis. They're paying you money on a regular basis. They're part of your customer base. It's an excuse to talk to them about your latest and greatest product or a fantastic event that you're running or whatever it is and sort of loop all the way back to what we said at the start, which is build a relationship with your customers because mm -hmm. that's going to create more of an income stream and more of an opportunity to solve problems for people. And let's not forget it's almost all your marketing done once you're being paid to do your own marketing. Because yeah. once they're a customer and they're locked into that relationship, they're not looking anywhere else. You've just made it easy. So if something else goes wrong, I'm coming back to you because you're mm -hmm. the person I always use. So subscriptions are a great way to start to inject another income stream into your business. And you can start looking for those by just having a big, broad look at what your business is, who it services and how it services them. And is there just one small tack on that you can add to that? over a, a lengthy period. And from that brainstorming session, you, I guarantee you'll come up with several different arms that you can add into your business. And sure, there's some strategy and some thinking around how you're gonna add those in. But once you've got the idea and you open the door, it'll just come hard. So what you're saying is brain, like take a pen and paper right now, blank piece of paper, brainstorm all the kind of ways that your business could help your customer. And that's really what it's about. Like I can hear people going, oh, the subscription model, everyone's doing it, you know, they just want our money. I can hear, you know, I can, I can sense that there'll be people listening into this conversation thinking that. Um, but what, what I think about that is your customers, if you've done a great job for them, they want to actually have that ongoing relationship. They're actually looking for, it's a bit like, like I remember when I did my first and my only ever skydive, <laughs> I reckon, I remember coming down from that skydive and just be like a million miles an hour talking and saying, so when, how much does it cost to get a parachute and went, you know, like lessons and all like, I seriously, honestly, if someone had upsold me at that point, I would have been in. <laughs> But no one did and, you know, then I kind of forgot about them and, you know, now I'm 40 or something and uh, I've never done it again, right? But your customers, if you do a great job, they want to have that ongoing relationship with you. So you, you're giving them an opportunity to do that that is serving both of you. It's, it's allowing you to create value for them but, but also giving you a, a long-term income as well. It's a good partnership. So coming back to the piece of paper, what is the what is the question that they should have with their pen in hand as they're brainstorming? Like what what are they brainstorming exactly? Good question. 
I, I like to think of this in terms of the problems that mm. your customer might have, say, in the 12 months after you leave mm. their, their job site, their house, their commercial property, whatever the heck it is that you've done. What are some of the problems or frustrations that they might have or that they might need to solve over the next 12 months? Mm. And within that, I guarantee there is a service, there's a follow-up product, there's a maintenance plan, there's a subscription service, whatever you like, but there's, there's problems that are going begging that the customer probably doesn't even know someone can solve for them, but they hate the fact that after the trees grow a bit and the stakes that were holding them up are all loose and the rope's cutting into the trunk, they don't know what to do about that. And so if you come back three months later and remove them and restake the trees to make sure they grow straight, you've solved a problem for the customer. Sometimes they didn't even know they had, but they'll be uber grateful that you did because they realised that that could have created a bigger problem by, you know, killing the damn tree that you planted for them and now they've got to replace it. Mm. So to add to that, I'd be suggesting thinking about the things you, your clients are currently complaining about. So if you're getting callbacks to say that, hey, my tree looks a bit wonky, why is it wonky? There's a service there. Or if you're knowing that it's actually going to make your life easier, if you are the regular landscape gardener and you go twice a year to do the hedging, but you know it would be so much easier to do that hedging if you did X, Y, Z every three months and then the hedging on the sixth month, then there's another service there as well. So if you're thinking about those annoying calls that you're getting that you don't really want to get for problems that are natural problems, like, you know, with the expansion of the, mm. the walls, we get cracked. So how can we fix the cracks before the clients are actually seeing that they're a problem or the doors get jammed or the windows get jammed? All of those kind of problems that happen naturally, normally is a normal part of your business is where you're extra business can come from there's another stream there every time because clients just want the problem to be gone they don't mind paying a little bit of money for the problem to be gone but they want it gone they don't want to have to think about it and if you're doing the thinking for them not only are you creating an income stream you're becoming a rock star business who has always got the answer for any problem before it's a problem mm. Perfect. Some really, really amazing examples that you've given us today. Like I love, I love the one, um, what was the business called that um, has brought in all those other businesses? Fallon. Fallon. Yeah, I'm totally going to Google them. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much today for just everything you've contributed. So much food for thought. And I, I think like I'm just going to keep this really short, this interview, because I think we've got gold just in what we've got today. I don't want to ramble on for hours. And um, so I really appreciate your time. Tell us a little bit about how, you know, we can find you. If people are listening to this and they want to maybe get a bit of business coaching, just help to do exactly what we've been doing, what, where can they go? Oh, we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just start by Googling tradies in business. We've got so many different offerings. We start with a freebie podcast, which has got, you've been on the podcast with us, Cynthia. We have. Absolute nuggets of gold and information in the podcast. From the podcast, the natural transgression really from there is the Facebook group. We have a huge Facebook group. It's a free group with 1,200 like-minded tradie business owners. And we invite our tradie business owners to come in. There's a couple of questions you've got to answer so we can make sure that you're authentic and you're not there just to glean the information and run away or, or spam us. 
And mm. then from there, we have some paid offerings. So if you head on over to Tradies and Business, our website.com.au, you'll find that we have some lower end levels for those tradies that are really gung-ho tradies and ready to DIY their own business education. From there, we have a couple of steps up, including business coaching as a final level, if that's something that people are interested in. Did I miss anything? Not really. We're on Instagram, we're on <laughs> Facebook, we're everywhere. Yeah, all social channels are just tradies in business, yeah. so you can find us everywhere. Easy peasy. And I have, I have uh, consumed your podcast on my walks pretty much every day for the last, I don't know, <laughs> six or eight months or something like that. And it is super entertaining. They have uh, fr- uh, an effort Friday. That <laughs> do you still do that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah. pretty hilarious. They, they get into some pretty seriously uh, serious, you know, topics on that Effort Friday um, <laughs> version. So highly recommend listening to it. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely connect again, I'm sure. Thanks so much. Thanks, You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.